And now, good job, good effort. Phone lines are lit. I love it. Yeah, we did all right now, our number one. Got multiple telephone calls through, and I've got more on hold. And I do have a couple of open phone lines, so keep doing it. Keep doing what you're doing. So far, so good. one 636 8686 the big topic from our number one, Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, furious with the ref show, and a lot of you have opinions about Mahomes. I like it. Hit me up. Where do you come out on this? Does he have every right to be upset? Or, in my opinion, are the optics just bad? Like, yeah, yes, he should be frustrated. Yes, he should be upset. But not with the refs. Generally, it's okay. The refs jack up a lot of things. But they did not jack that play up. So that's one big topic. I've got big head James Kelly coming up at 1040. There are two games tonight, actually. So, two opportunities to get them wrong. Two opportunities to get right. Two for me. So, big head, James Kelly and I, 1040. Keith Law at 11 o'clock straight up. I want to get his thoughts on the Shohei Otani signing. A cool 70 mil per for 10 years. Yeah, I don't know. That's a lot of dough. 700 mil for a DH right now. So we'll get into that too. You have your phone number. You know where to find me on the X. You know how to email me. Let me give you some more NFL topics. You want to know how upside down bleep has gotten in the NFL? This upside down. The Eagles, the Lions, the Jags are all in a total free fall. In the meantime, Joe Flacco. (laughs) Joe Flacco is the best quarterback story in the game right now. Not Josh Dobbs who lost his job already. Joe Flacco who gets up off the couch, walks in off the streets at 38. And let's not forget, he kind of looked like garbage when he retired. This guy just obviously shows up in the middle of the year and stabilizes that team. That Yeah, I know, the defense is the story behind the Browns. But Flacco right now is the best quarterback story in the league. How about the Coog Hunter? Credit where credit is due. He just got over on C.J. Stroud. And if I try to tell you either of those things were going to happen a month ago, that Joe Flacco would come in and save the Browns' season potentially, or that the Coog Hunter would completely outplay C.J. Stroud. If I had said that a month ago, you would have called me crazy and probably would have been right. I got to throw Zach Wilson some credit, some bleeping credit for real. Not only the Jets hammer the Texans, Zach Wilson straight up outplayed C.J. Stroud, who finally looked like a rookie and also looked pretty seriously concussed. As far as him finally looking like a rookie, that was inevitable. That had to happen. He was going to have a day like that, especially against a defense like that. The greater concern is not that he had that bad day, but that he might have a bad concussion. He's in the protocol right now. Hopefully he's all right. Because the Texans have got to have that dude. They need him badly. Especially now that they find themselves in the middle of a giant pile of 7-6 and six teams in the AFC. And did anybody see that kind of game coming from the Coog Hunter? Nobody would have ever guessed that the CH would outshine the CJ. And especially not after the week he just had. Not after Zachary got dragged all week long for the report that he didn't even want to play and that he was afraid of getting injured. You know, the epitome of for who, for what? Well, it looked like he wanted to play to me. 
He didn't look like he was afraid of getting hurt to me. Not while he was putting up the Jets for his 300-yard passing game in 16 games. I can't believe I'm about to say what I'm about to say, but the Coug Hunter looked pretty damn good. He really did. And I'm not saying it means that we need a call from Eddie in NYC to drop another baby boy on me and do a victory lap. In fact, Eddie, I I would not do that if I were you. I I think that if you do that, Eddie, and I know you want to do that, it's going to go badly for you. Baby boy! Because you were nowhere to be found, baby boy, when that dude was taking a big dump in his pants. Baby boy! Don't do it, Eddie. I, I say that because I like you. It would be in your own best interest not to make a phone call and say, I told you so, baby boy. What's up, baby boy? But I had to give it to Zach. He did look good. He actually looked really good. Because as he put it, he actually played some real QB yesterday. Hate to say it, but it is, again, the epitome of Coach Sirianni's less thinking equals talent takeover. Less thinking equals talent takeover. Nobody ever said that Zachary was not talented. Actually, Robert Sala put it another way, and I like this actually a lot. Sala, I haven't liked everything he's done of late. In fact, there's a lot of things that he has said and done of late that I didn't care for. Taking receipts. But I like this. Sala himself quoted Ice-T afterwards and said that Zach's approach was just, quote, F it. Bleep it. F it. And that's exactly what the Coug Hunter did with it. He went out there, he played loose, and he just let it rip. The flow of just playing football today, you know, was there. And I, and I can't say it's been like that a lot, unfortunately, in my career here. And that's what we're that's what we're searching for right there is just playing ball, just moving the football, just completing passes. And, you know, um, that's what we're always hunting for. It's a pretty low bar for a guy who was taken second overall in the NFL draft. Quote, just moving the ball. Quote, just completing passes. It's a pretty low bar for a guy like that. But then again, because it is that guy, it's also a bar that he had not been able to clear this season. So if that's what it takes, fine. He has not been able to clear the most basic bar of all, just moving the football and completing passes. But neither has any other Jet QB for that matter. So you know what? As much heat as that guy has taken here and everywhere else, it was good to see him finally complete some passes, finally move the ball, even if it came in a game where I did not expect it. He had himself a day. That was his best day as a pro. So big ups to you, Zach. You earned that. He played big. As surprising as the Coug Hunter was, I have to admit, though, Joe Flacco torching the Jags is even more surprising, even if the Jags were fraudulent and nowhere near the team we thought they were. But we're talking about a guy who's about to turn 39. A dude who got up off the couch, came in off the streets, and as I mentioned, when he retired, he retired for good reason. He sucked. He did not look good at all. And then all of a sudden, this dude just shows up and reinvigorates, rejuvenates the Browns, At age 38 and you're 39, that's got to be one of the most shocking quarterback twists ever. And again, I understand that that is a team led by its defense. But the guy still is making plays. Even if they don't need him to make plays, he made a lot of plays yesterday. How the hell is this guy doing this?
Honestly, how the hell is Joe Flacco doing this? How is it that the answer to stabilizing that Cleveland offense is really Joe freaking Flacco? How crazy is it that that guy's better than the creep? That's no hot take. He is. He's better than the creep. Creep. How is it that Joe Flacco is the best quarterback the Browns have run out there this year? How is it that the Browns as a team look like they're going to be a problem in the playoffs? Not a problem, but a problem with Joe Flacco leading the way. I'm telling you, this guy looked like garbage when he retired. But now he just walks in off the street and not only provides the stability they needed, but is making plays, putting up numbers, and they don't even need him to do that. They don't need this guy to show up and show out. They just need this guy to take care of the rock. But he's giving them all of the above, and suddenly Brown's fan has an actual reason to believe. And so does Brown's teammate. Miles Garrett, of all guys, is even getting caught up in the hype. Even Miles Garrett is wacko for Flacco. He's elite. I mean, it's a dragon, man. I, I can't explain it, man. You know, picks up the playbook, scans through it, he downloads it, and comes out here to throw for 300. The guy, the guy is special, and, uh, you know, it's nice having someone like that. That's incredible. That is a great quote. I love that. He's elite. He's a dragon. He's a dragon, man. He looks at the playbook. He downloads it. He's special. I want to hear that one more time, Alvin. That is an amazing quote. That's Miles Garrett. He's elite. I mean, it's a dragon, man. I, I can't explain it, man. You know, picks up the playbook, scans through it, he downloads it, and comes out here to throw for 300. The guy, the guy is special, and, uh, you know, it's nice having someone like that. He's a dragon, man. Hey, listen, I don't know how much of that is serious and how much of that is trolling. I mean, you have to start with the is Joe Flacco Lee conversation yet again. I mean, that conversation was absurd enough at that time, but having it 10 years after the fact would be completely nuts. But he called him elite. He's elite. He called him special. He called him a dragon man. He's a dragon man. He's a dragon man. I love it. He's elite and he's a dragon. And maybe it's just me, but I don't recall Miles heaping that kind of praise earlier this season on Deshaun Watson. Watson? I don't remember any of them calling him a dragon. I don't remember any of them saying he's elite. I don't remember any of them saying he's special. Nobody ever called the $230 million man, quote, a dragon. I mean, again, got to tip my hat to Flacco. It's amazing. Dude, the guy threw for three touchdowns and over 300 yards, and they didn't even need that from him. Nice to know that he's got that in him and still has that so-called arm talent, too. I'm telling you, the incredible thing is they're scarier with him. What he's doing is crazy, and the craziest part is, even though this dude's about to turn 39 or will in the playoffs, they're even scarier with him. This is why Kevin Stefanski could not wait to name that dude the starter for the rest of the season. Hell, Kevin, why stop there? You should have named him starter next season, too. He should have just come right out and said, hey, we have ourselves our starter for the rest of the year. 
Joe Flacco. Oh, and next year, too. We have our franchise quarterback. It's 39-year-old Joe Flacco. We have our guy. It's incredible. Joe Flacco is out here downloading the playbook. Downloads it and comes out here to throw for 300. A guy. Throw on for 300. Deshaun Watson's out here downloading massage porn and throwing for zero. Watson. Allegedly. I'm telling you. This guy knows. Stefanski, of course he named him the starting quarterback the rest of the way. He already knows the offense better than anybody they have. Things are actually looking up in Cleveland with Joe Flacco. I wish I could say the same about Detroit and Jacksonville. I'm going to. Good for you, Joe. Hey! I mean, he's the best quarterback story in the league right now. This is why it's so alarming to see. Because look at Cleveland. Look at all the critical parts they've lost. And they're right there. What's that say about the Jags? What's that say about the Lions? Especially the Lions. The Lions have barely been scraping by, and it's been over a month now. Every time I have somebody on and I talk about the Lions, it's like, yeah, but, yeah, but. I've been yeah, butting them for over a month after hyping them. Yesterday, though, they didn't scrape by. They got their asses kicked by the Bears of all teams. And they were an undisciplined mess in the process. I've got no idea how Dan Campbell's team is such an undisciplined mess this far into the season. But it is definitely alarming. And it's definitely alarming when Jared Goff gets badly outplayed by Justin Fields. Chicago doesn't even know if they're going to draft a quarterback or if they have their quarterback. And yet he totally outplayed Goff. Mm. Honestly, the Lions to me could not have looked any less interested than they did or didn't. And like I said, when I jumped on the X to see the reaction, it seemed like a pretty, I don't want to say a large portion, but there was a very vocal portion of Lions fans that were beside themselves and couldn't wait to fire everybody, including Dan Campbell. Just wear a diaper. Let's not get crazy. There, There are concerns, but let's not get crazy. You're not firing Dan Campbell. The guy changed the whole culture of the building. There's no turds here. There are no turds there. But you know what? You played like turds yesterday. Definitely there's concern. But you want alarming. I'll give you alarming. Nothing is as alarming as when Jack Savage shows up in your house. Because that probably means a Bengals dub is about to occur. Savage... Much to my chagrin, I had no idea. But then again, you never have any idea which Savage. He's a killer. Then I throw throw up the X, and there's Savage just talking junk, turning the phone around on himself, being a savage. This dude was in attendance for another massive win yesterday, delivering the jungle karma in person. So, Cincy, you're welcome. I think they're unbeaten when he's in the house. So don't thank Jake Browning for saving your season. Don't even thank Savage for catching a game while he was on some sort of, I'm sure, covert op in the natty. Just thank the jungle karma 
that got personally delivered cross-country this week. Incredibly enough, their season did not end when Joe Burrow went down. They're still alive. Who's not alive at this point other than the Patriots? Wide ass open. 1-800-636-8686. You get some reaction in quickly. 143C1. Ward Joe Flacco's best moment with the Browns since his call to the jungle. Good to have you on the show, Joe. What's up? Hey, Jim. How you doing today? Good, good. How about you? Yeah, this is Joe Flacco. I heard Martellus canceled, so I thought I'd give you a call. Dude, that's absolutely incredible. Joe Flacco. You know, not to be insulting, what jersey number do you wear? Joe Flacco, number five. Okay. What college did you go to? Delaware, Blue Hens. Okay. What is your wife's name? Deborah. Deborah? Well, I call her Debbie, but... Okay, well, really, because the rest of us call her Dana, but whatever. She is your wife. How many sons do you have? I've got two boys. What are their names? Joe Jr. and Joe the Third. <laughs> ah! That's not a good call. Oh, so close. You don't like that. He almost pulled it off. Hey! Clones love that call. Chris in Milwaukee. Jimmy, Joe Jr., Joe the Third, and I are so proud of my husband's performance with the Browns this year. We knew he could play at a high level again. Signed, Deborah. And no Cal Vic is in. Quote, I'm proud of you, men. Just like Eric and Lyle, you set your sights aimed true at your target, and finally took down the people who've been keeping you down for years. Signed, Coach McDermott. Did I or did I not say last week that that was going to stick to him forever? No matter what they did. Maybe not forever, but you can damn well be sure that was going to jump the week and probably the month and probably the season. Anything short of a Super Bowl win, and that's going to jump the year. That will, that will be a take for all seasons. And one more before I go to break. Hey, Rome. Kadarius Tony needs to take our advice and hold the line. Thanks. Signed, Toto. Mitch from Buffalo. Is that all the Toto I get, Alvy? Thank you. It's incredible how myopic folks get. Hall of Fame players, Hall of Fame coaches, fans. How do you not look at that play? I know you never want to criticize your own. That's more than enough Toto album. Thank you. I wonder if Kadarius also blessed the rains down in Africa. We've already had twice as much Toto, I think, on the show in the last five seconds we've had in the last five years. I mean, seriously, can can none of you criticize your own? Is it always somebody else's fault? The guy was so far off sides, they had no choice but to call it. You don't get a warning. Why? Because you're the Chiefs? Why? Because you've got one of the, the greatest quarterbacks ever? When it's that blatant, they're not looking the other way. 
The refs are often the problem, but not there. Planet Wilson, Jim, since Jack Savage is fired, where can I apply? Warmest regards, Brandon Staley. Ouch. Which reminds me, so I'm at home last night, watching the game, doing my work. DJ's out with some friends, Dodger Jano. Hits me up, and for some reason, she ends up in a lot of situations similar to this. She informs me that she's out to dinner with some friends, and at the table next to her are members of the Spanos family. And she had never met them before. And, and I don't know what happened. I think, I think one of them was wearing a Charger shirt. And one of, true story, one of DJ's best friends, who I love, I will protect her by not saying who it is, looked to the member of the fam rocking the Chargers tee and said, I bet against you guys today. She told one of the Spanoses, I bet against you today. In other words, I cashed. DJ says they were lovely people. Lovely people. (laughs) And that they know me. And one of them was a big Jungle fan. But only DJ ends up in these situations. I have no idea how she does. Because I'm guessing she did not know who they were at first. I'm guessing they didn't know who she was at first. And by the end of the night, they were exchanging digits. I wonder if I come home today. Like, I might not ever get an invite to the Justin Herbert barbecue, but I wonder if I come home if the Spanos fam will be there waiting for me. Too much. Ed Wapner at 11 writes, Hey! 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 If he breaks one of my hips, tackle him. Just saying. Hey! Joe Flacco. If he breaks it, if he busts this for some reason, tackle him. Go tackle him. I don't know what the rule is on that. But if, if, if he busts my hip, if he breaks my hip for some reason, the one that's already been replaced twice, him. go tackle him. Tackle him. I don't know what the rule is on that. Tackle him. I will. I'm going to. I will. If he rips my walker from me, tackle him. Hey. Hey. I will. Hey. I'm going to. Go right, we're coming right back. And when we do. Oh, Canada. I got a little something for you that I'll get to shortly. You were not happy. Well, not Canada. A few of you Canadians were not happy with me last week. I want to address that, too. Once again, here's something else I want to address. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky so amazing? Why don't we start with the fact that it is a family business? You know this. Some family businesses are incredible. Some aren't. I know. I actually did work in a family business. I know how this goes. I know how this works. This particular family business stands by quality and produces the world's finest beef jerky. Do not be fooled by the brands. All beef jerky is not the same. Make sure you choose only the best. Make sure you choose Old Trapper. Every single bite of Old Trapper is tender. It's never tough because they use just the best ingredients. From their lean strips of beef, seasoned with top quality spices, to the real wood-fired smoke, Old Trapper delivers quality in every last bite, and it comes in four mouthwatering flavors. If you don't see it, be sure to ask for Old Trapper by name, because, as I've said in the past, and I'll continue to say, no other jerky compares Old Trapper, what's your beef? You're listening to The Jim Rome Show.
I like it, Alvy. What do you got? Trivium, of course. Without question, Alvin, this came up the other day. Like, where do the bumps come from? Who makes that decision? I said, Alvin. And then the question was, well, where does he get his ideas from? Alvin basically was on tour with Trivium, saw them in Germany, loved their energy. Alvin apparently also has a side hustle where he composes their newsletter for them when he's not here. It's a community, the Trivium Nation. Well, that's not funny. I like it. This guy's on to something. Jamie in Green Bay. Solid contributor. Quote, Jack Savage. Probably has a layover in the state of Florida to handle a bit of business regarding the Florida State fans chirping about his grandpa's picks. All right, so Savage is full of so many crazy surprises. Like, I've laid this out about Jack Savage. He's the youngest staffer of our crew. He went to UCLA undergrad. He got a master's degree from Northwestern. Extremely, extremely impressive. And then once we hire him, during the hiring process, he had all these people speak on his behalf. I'm like, how does that kid know all these people? And just like one after another, like wild stuff. Then come to find out his dad is the baseball coach at UCLA. I should have put those two things together. Extremely well-respected baseball man. And then once Savage gets the gig and starts showing up, there's all these other wild coincidences that we know all these similar people that we shouldn't know. And you can't even point to his dad being in the business, and that's why. I mean, weird social recreational coincidences. Then come to find out, right before the selection committee settles on their final four, and I only find this out because I see it on the X. He didn't tell me. I had to read about this on the X. And I had to pull Savage aside and say, dude, you might want to tell me so I don't, quote, have to read it on the X. But he said something to the effect of, if any of you have any issues with the selection committee's choices for the college football playoff, my grandfather is on that committee. And if you have any issues with him or the choice, I will fight you. Savage said that on the X. I will fight you. And I'm like, dude, your grandfather is on the committee. Read down. Grandpa, look. Grandpa Alt. Grandpa. Are you kidding me? You have an Alt in the family? He's your grandfather? The legend? See, you never know a savage. Uh, and then also when I said anything else, I had him on the air. I'm like, anything else, Jack, you need to tell me or should tell me? He's like, well... I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Barry Zito was my babysitter. I'm like, you're too much, Jack Alt. Anyway, Savage is gone. So I don't even know he's leaving. I guess maybe at some point it got back to me that he had a few days off. I don't know. As a young guy and the last one in, he takes a lot of days off. And that's coming from somebody who gets six weeks a year. But then again, I have done this like 900 years. Anyway, again, if I'm going to find out, I got to go to the X. And there's Savage... Talking junk. Alvi, can you pull that sound? I should have had you do that. He's walking out of the stadium after another Bengals win. Talking junk. 
So I guess that's where he's spending his time. The natty. Let me check in with Tommy. Tommy, the EP. What's up, dude? How you feeling? What's up, Jim? Feeling good. So you seem kind of animated. I took my walk down the hall. I usually do it in the middle of the show. I come back in. I look through the glass. I don't want to assume anything, but you seem fairly animated. And I said, do you have something I should know or something that we can bring on the show or what's going on? And you were kind of like, yeah, no, 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 not really. But what was the but? I got a phone call from a very nice 91-year-old clone who's been listening. Is there any other kind? For the entire run of the jungle uh, and is very excited to hear your take on the offsides, on the Tony offsides. And I said, you mean the one we've been talking about the whole show? Like like he was complaining that we haven't talked about the offsides. he was waiting for us to get to the biggest, you know, take of the day, but we started Okay, so is this just some guy who happened to stop on the show on TV or he knows the show? And knew where he was. I mean, he claimed he was a going on thirty year clone. He claimed that he go he's OG, and he's happy to tell me he's ninety one years old and he's been with you from the beginning. And he can't wait to hear your take on this. I'm going to tell you why I'm going to call bullcrap on that. And no offense, my man. If I'm wrong, I apologize. If he's ninety one and he's a thirty year old OG, there is no way that sixty year old man liked me when I first hit the airwaves thirty years ago. Fair. That doesn't sound right to me. Fair. All right, but but he wants to know why we're not talking about. Kadarius Tony. The good news for you, Glenn, is that we have spent a lot of time talking about Kadarius Tony. So you can Glenn, go back. my guy. Hey, Glenn, first of all, thank you very much. Oh I appreciate you being a guy who's listening to the show. But, dude, we've been talking all about that the entire program. Also, Tommy, while I have you, the Kadarius. triumphant return of the Christmas cards, the holiday cards, what do they have to do to get their Christmas card on the air? Pretty simple. Just make it something that we can show on national television and we will get it shown on national television. So, like, no violence, no sex, no booze, no drugs, no anything like that. It also doesn't have to be, like, a formal holiday card. A lot of people use their normal family holiday cards and scan it in and send it to us. You can do that, and that's wonderful. But it doesn't have to be that. In other words, they don't need to make one just for this, You don't have to make one just for this. It should be more than just, like, a photo of you because then no one really knows what it is. Like, it, it should have some kind of holiday wish, and it should be clean. To, to air on TV, and that's pretty much the uh, parameters. And so they send it where? Rome at haveatake.com, our, our normal uh, email address, Rome at haveatake.com. How long does it take New York to turn those around, generally? Usually they can do it in a day or two, so they should start trickling in. Yeah. Let's not get into that just now. All right. If we're going to get into it, yeah, they should start trickling in middle to end of this week for sure, and then we'll play all through next week. All right, love it. Thank you very much. Get your holidays <laughs> slash Christmas cards in. You heard Tommy, just keep it clean. No liquor, no sex, no profanity. It'd be nice if it were an actual card. Don't just send your wallet pictures to me. Also, no parodies. Don't act like you're somebody else. No parody cards of you as a person or you doing a character. TV will not use those. Is that true? That is true. Well, I don't know that we've ever put that in our boilerplate. We haven't. Okay. We had a bunch last year for the first time, and we didn't think... I don't know. I guess we never thought to say, don't do that. But okay, do once again, clones, it's not your inalienable right to have your holiday card on the air. If you can meet the criteria and it's not that hard to meet, we would love to put you on. I'm always looking for ways to get you on TV. If your takes are not good enough to get on TV, maybe your Christmas card is. We should bump in the Dodger Jano Christmas card. She's been getting raves this year. I don't know. I've never done that before. You like the idea. Tommy likes the idea. Alvin says we'd take up the whole segment if we went picture by picture. We, we enclosed many pictures in this year's Christmas card. All right, when we come back, the big head, James Kelly and I are going to break down both of tonight's games. 
That's coming up. Keith Law also coming up later on. Maybe Antoine Bethay. We may have salvaged that too. First up, though, here is your sports update. Here's Rich Ackerman. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Clones, not all beef jerky is the same. Old Trapper's original old-fashioned teriyaki, hot and spicy and peppered, all come in four-ounce bags. That way you can sample all the different flavors and find the best one for you. Ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper. What is your beef? All right, so we're at the bottom. Actually, ooh, we're not. We're halfway through the last segment in the second hour, so let's get busy. MNF means BHB, or Monday Night Football means Big Head Bets. We have ourselves a rare Monday Night Doubleheader, which of course gives us a chance to get two games wrong instead of the usual one. I mean, tough weekend, yo. Tough weekend. So we have to try to get right. Let me bring in the dude with the enormous cranium, James Big Head Kelly. What's up, dude? How you feeling? How the weekend treat you? Well, I'm uh, feeling good. I'm in a better mood than the Mahomes family is, but not as good as mood as you are. Congrats on your win. I will Thank say. you very much, dude. The, yeah, Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Ottawa broke his maiden. That was nice. Very cool. Very cool. Since that made up for all my failed NFL bets. <laughs> <laughs> and to answer the question, clones, do you bet your own horses? Yes. Hell yes. Yes, yes we do. All right, so we have two games, Head. Thanks for saying so. Mm-hmm. Multiple chances to get paid and a way to start this week on a high note. Are you ready to do this? Hell yes. Titans v. Miami. Of course, we love the Dolphins, and especially against teams that do not have winning records. But do we love them enough to lay two touchdowns? Miami, minus 14, is a huge number against the Titans team. They may not be what it was, but they still have it in them to muck it up and slow people down. Ask me, this is a mother of a pick, 14 points, what are you doing with it? Yeah, huge number here, and it's because it's a massive mismatch on paper. The Dolphins averaged 38 points and 497 yards of total offense at home, while the Titans have the second-worst offense on the road in football going up against my guy Vic Fangio's defense, who over the last three games have allowed the fewest yards in football and in the seven of their last eight games they've given up less than 300 yards per game now Miami's biggest struggle on defense has been in the red zone where they rank 28th in the NFL but good news here the Titans offense is as gassy down there as the guy calling the game tonight in Orvaluski not good they rank 30th in the red zone in offense yeah that guy right there yep the biggest worry for Miami. Oh, I'm not even listening to you today, dude. Just do what you're doing. The I'll biggest worry stop. for Miami. I is don't even turnovers. have it in me to push back on that. <laughs> Go ahead. Turnovers for Miami. Before their win over the Ass Commanders last week, they turned the ball over six times in the previous two games. But John Gruden, the Titans have intercepted opposing quarterbacks three times all year. So I like my chances there. Injury concerns what? on both sides, but with the Titans being without their best defender in Jeffrey Simmons. In Miami, covering five of their last six at home, ATS, bleep you, Tennessee, Dolphins, minus 14. Ooh. All right, so while I've been beaten and bloody of late, 
I feel very strongly about this. If you're going to survive in the world of gambling, even recreationally, it's all about discipline. It's all about discipline, having a system or a process. What I'm saying here is, Ed, you need rules. You have to adhere to your rules always. They have to be non-negotiable. Are you with me on this? Yes. All right. So after getting burned again last week, I decided my new rule would Mm -hmm. be that hitting double-digit favorites in the NFL just does not work, at least Mm -hmm. not for me. These numbers are just too big in the program, too big in the NFL. So I'm going to implement a new rule. No more double-digit points. I'm not going to lay double digits ever, regardless, ever again. And you know what? I feel good about that rule. I feel confident about that rule. That rule lasted five minutes. There goes that rule. I already hate myself for doing this, and I'll be straight. I don't like the play at all, but Uh I do like the Dolphins. I like them at home. And while I don't think for a second that the Titans can win this game, I absolutely think they can grind it out and keep it within 14, but I'm betting that they don't. They have not won on the road. Miami has not lost at home. And while the Dolphins have, have not played up and beaten the teams that matter, they do beat down teams that don't. I am betting on a blowout. Minus 14. I will lay the points. I'm riding with Miami. Beautiful. So much for, quote, my rules, head. Love to see it. Love to see it. Packers v. Giants. Sort of interesting. Love to Not see really, but it's action. And I know you're all about that action, boss. I know mm-hmm. you put all that data into your big head computer. What did it spit out? What is the line? And what's the play on the other game? Yeah, the Packers are favored by six here. The computer is a little worried about Green Bay's injuries, but says to still lay the points with Jordan Love. Dude can further embrace his inner Geno Smith here, as in everyone wrote him off, but he ain't right back. They wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. He is playing damn good football. Over his last three games, he's completed 68% of his passes for eight touchdowns to zero interceptions. Over the last five games, the offense is averaging almost 390 yards per contest. It's also been balanced with 128 of those yards on the ground, and that bodes well against a Giants defense that ranks 31st in yards per rush. That also fails to get to the quarterback, and as we know, Wink Martindale loves to bring the house, something Jordan Love has handled extremely well all season. On the other side of the ball, yes, over the last three games, the Giants are scoring more than they have all season, but don't be fooled by that. They are averaging the fewest yards in football over that time span with this squatter DeVito at quarterback. Also, the Giants are the worst first quarter scoring team in football, so if the Packers can get ahead, they play into their strengths on defense and getting after the passer. As always with the Giants, respect to your fellow Calabasas Coyote Darnay Holmes. But again, no happy ending. Packers minus six. Easy. Yeah, okay. I was going to say easy, but before I could, that. So the Giants have won two straight. Yeah, because that matters. Not when those two wins are over the Commanders and the Patriots. They're a little banged up. They, as you point out, are dead last in scoring this season. In the meantime, the Packers have turned things around. They've won four or five. They are currently the seventh seed in the NFC. Jordan Love has been lights out, as you point out, in the last three wins. It looks like the Packers may have found their quarterback of the future while the Giants are playing some dude they pulled out of the stands. No offense, Tommy DeVito. I'm going to play the road favorite. I'm with you. We're on the same page. Beautiful. Either we both win or we both lose. Run it back. Who are your picks? Chalky little bitches here. Dolphins minus 14 <laughs> v. Titans. Packers minus 6 at Giants. And if you want a prop, Rashawn Gary over .75 sacks tonight. Like his matchup. I like it. All right, Head, thank you very much.
Thanks, Let's Jim. make some money. Let's make some money. We need it. We are both laying the points. One eight hundred. Yeah, I know. One eight hundred six three six eight six eight six. I mean, I was so firmly convinced after getting burned again, and Ross Tucker and I talked about it on the program last week. Double digit spreads in the NFL are a lot. They're a lot. Ten is a lot. Fourteen to me is crazy. That is an enormous number in the NFL. And yet, here I am. Here the bleep I am laying those points again. This gambling game is hard, dog. Really hard. All right, so let me set up the last hour for you. If you're on hold, stay there. Would love to hear from you. We are actually rolling telephone calls today and having success doing it. 1-800-636-8686. Phone lines are open. I'm just checking out to see who's on hold already. Bob in L.A., Bet he's not bent. Bet he's not unhappy about something. I bet he wants to run somebody's ass down. Run his ass down. Thank you, Alvin. All right, still ahead. Keith Law, in fact, is going to join me next. We haven't gotten into Shohei and that signing. He will break it down. A senior baseball writer for The Athletic, former special assistant to the GM, the Toronto Blue Jays. And he's all over it. Keith Law will join me when we come back. I found Antoine Bethay. We're going to do him at 1140 Pacific time. So that last hour is getting busy all of a sudden, but not too busy for a phone call. So hit me up. If you'd rather hit me up on the X, that works at Jim Rome. And you can also email me at Rome, R-O-M-E at haveatake.com. We will start hour number three by talking about Shohei Otani. What about the Dodgers? Did they overpay? Could you even make an argument that somehow, someway, this guy's underpaid? I know, crazy as it sounds. But could you make the argument? Is he in and of himself enough, or do they have more work to do? We will get into all of that when we come back.